Hello, every precious peeps. It's so nice to see um, your cars. <laughs> uh, it's uh, kind of exciting to be out here. You know, uh, last week, uh, Jeremy was out, and we had the stage out in the sun, and um, he got a little scorched. And so this week, I was prepared with a hat, and then um, the team moved the platform in the shade, but I'm still going to wear the hat. Anyway, uh, I hope you all are doing wonderful. It is, um, it is a beautiful day. Um, I did want to make one announcement that I... Um, wanted people to know we have um, Mana Sakura is um, a longtime member of our church and she is now going into assisted living and um, her son Joel and Kathleen are preparing her house for sale and they she has a number of uh, furniture um, a dining room table couch lots of stuff that they want to donate to somebody to go to a good home and um, if you are interested in any of those things, there's quite a bit we stopped by yesterday. Um, that if, or if you know somebody who might need it, uh, text Barb or myself, and um, they're going to be at her house um, at three o'clock today, which is just on the other side of the Arroyo de Losa Golf Course. And you can go and pick it up, and we just want to go to a good home free of charge. So. Um, if you're interested, text us, and I uh, would like to make those things available to anybody who has a need. Okay, well, as you've been reading this week, hopefully you've been reading in, in your book, or in the Bible, or in your um, app, your Bible app, on the on your phone, whatever, um, you've been reading 1 Samuel, and we have gotten to the end of 1 Samuel this week, and so... One of the things that came across this week that I think gives everybody a little bit of pause is First um, Samuel 28, because there's this uh, strange, strange story of Saul reaching out to um, many of your uh, your Bible translations may have called it the witch of Endor or the medium of Endor, and so. I've chosen to take this on a little bit today and, and, and talk a little bit about it. So, um, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, 1 Samuel 28. And we are going to read the entire chapter, as I almost always do, uh, in its entirety before we, we do any kind of teaching. Just because I, I firmly believe that the Word of God has much more to tell you than me. Uh, a broken human being, and so let's let's read along, and um, then we'll 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 launch into it. Sound good? All right, all right. Thank you for flashing your lights. I appreciate that. All right, here we go. Um, I'm going to read verses one and two, even though many people believe that verses one and two probably belong in First Samuel 27, but I don't think it does. And so at the end. Of this of my sermon, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I think this, but we're going to read it anyway. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces to fight against Israel. Achish said to David, "You must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army." David said, "Then you will see for yourself what your servant can do." Achish replied, "Very well. 
I will make you my bodyguard for life. Verse 3. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him, and burned, buried him in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and spiritists from the land. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all the Israelites and set up camp at Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, Find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her. There's one in Endor, they said. So Saul disguised himself, put on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. Consult the spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. And then the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said, I see a spirit coming up out of the ground. What does he look like? he asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, why, did you, why do you consult me now that the Lord has turned away from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David, because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites. The Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will hand you over both Israel and you to the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also hand over the army of Israel to the Philistines. Immediately, Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and night. When the woman came to Saul and saw that he was greatly shaken, she said, Look, your maidservant has obeyed you. I took my life in my hands and did what you told me to do. Now please listen to your servant and let me give you some food so you may eat and have the strength to go on your way. He refused and said, I will not eat. But as men joined the woman in urging him, he listened to them, he got up from the ground and sat on the couch. The woman had a fattened calf at the house, which she butchered at once. She took some flour, kneaded it, baked bread without yeast. Then she set it before Saul and his men, and they ate. That same night they got up and left. Wow, what a story. What narrative there is just, there's so many things wrong with this story. There's so many things that, um, 
have ironies and um, can speak to us. So let's um, let's look at a few things. I've, I just got. I just want to point out a few things to you today that I think we need to look at. The first one we see all over this narrative is fear. We see we see Saul in in fear. It says that terror filled his heart and he was so much in fear he wanted to know oh my gosh what's what's going to happen the philistines are up against me uh they've camped there's going to be a battle and and i want to know what's going to happen and i'm not hearing from god so there's just fear permeating saul and not just saul when Saul disguises himself and goes to the witch or the the medium. She's in fear. She's in fear because she's afraid there might be a trap set up um, by Saul. When she actually sees Samuel, she screams at the top of her voice, it says. She's filled with fear. And so um, we have fear all over this um, passage. I'd like to just take a moment here. Um, we are in a time right now where there where there is a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear in our world today. A lot of fear. A lot of fear of um, sickness, fear of loss of money, fear of jobs, fear of fear of the unknown. There's there's fear everywhere. Um. I think one of the things that has happened during this uh, coronavirus epidemic that we are faced with, and we have been for the last 60 days, 90 days, is um, it has actually exposed a lot of idols in our life. Um, I'm currently reading a book by Matt Chandler called The Explicit Gospel, and I recommend it highly. It's an amazing book. But one of the things that Matt Ch- Matt says is that um, we have a tendency to worship things, and in this world, when we when we we choose not to worship God, not to follow God, not to look to God, we will find something something else to worship. And you know, there's so many places in the Old Testament where it talks about. Idols, idols, and then oftentimes we consider them. Oh, they're graven images, or they're you know little metal statues, or whatever. But idols still are around today. They may not be a little statue, but we definitely have idols. And one of those things I think is that we we're afraid of our of losing our health. And. Uh, that's a real fear. That's a real fear for a number of us. But we need to fear God more than we fear loss of health, loss of money, loss of jobs, loss of anything. We need to have a healthy fear of God and worship Him and trust Him than anything else that we have. Also in this story, I there's some ironies that just like sort of punch you in the face. And I... I just have to point some of them out. I think it's interesting that 
when Saul talks to the medium, when he, he goes to her, that she's she's afraid. Oh, is, is this is this a trap? Because, I mean, it's clearly known in in Israel that Saul has expelled all the mediums, and then but Saul goes to a medium, and then because she's worried it's going to be a trap, he swears by the Lord that she will be safe. That seems very ironic to me. And it's not just the Lord. It's capital L, capital O-R-D, all of those. He's actually reciting the name of Yahweh in the commission of sin. And, you know, Jeremy did such a great job last week talking about what happened to Saul after he turned from, from God that he is doing things that he never thought in a million years that he would be a part of, that he would do. We see, we see the slaying of the priests in Nob. We, we see, um, I mean, Saul, his whole life was fear. Uh, remember a week ago when we were reading that Sam, Samuel says, don't do any sacrificing until I get there. Well, the people start wanting to leave, and so Saul does the sacrifice because he's afraid that the people are leaving. He's, he's letting being ruled by fear. When he, when God tells him to completely destroy the Amalekites and everything in their possession, he fears the people that they're going. He's going to take away their plunder. He, Saul is living and being motivated by fear more than obedience to God. And this is what ultimately turns God, not as a, his God, but into an enemy. And that's a very dangerous place to be. The second one, Saul, who lives his soul life in fear, when, when the woman actually sees Samuel, and she's completely surprised because something actually is ha- going on in drawing up person, not using sorcery or trickery, Samuel actually shows up, that she freaks out, and Saul says, oh, don't fear. Wait, what? That just seems so ironic. And another irony is that at the end, when Saul is laid bare on the ground after he's heard from Samuel, the woman says these strange things, she says, I have put my life in my hands by doing this for you. I've done everything you tell me to do. Now listen to me. We have a pagan woman in Israel acting more like a godly person than than Saul does. He does everything that Saul... She calls Saul, I'm your servant. I've done everything you ask. Saul couldn't say that a bit. He was the servant supposedly of God and he didn't do any of that. He didn't obey. He didn't do anything he asked him to do. Yet, the woman did. A couple other things I need to point out. Saul disguises himself before he goes to see the medium. Listen, if you're a king of Israel, don't disguise yourself. It doesn't go well for you. Saul gets a death sentence that night. He disguised himself. We see Ahab later on, the king of Israel. He disguises himself and gets mortally wounded in battle. 
Josiah, he disguises himself and he gets killed in battle. All of these things. If you're the king of Israel, don't don't disguise yourself. It never goes well for you. All right. So um, let's look at this whole uh, episode of the medium or the witch of Indor. Um, many people are looking at it and go, what? How can God act in, in this? Because this is sorcery. This is witchcraft. This is spiritualists. Well, the medium carried out Saul's instructions. But rather than using the tricks of her trade to deceive Saul, she herself was shocked to see an old man appear, whom Saul identified as Samuel. So, the Bible never encourages anyone to get involved in the occult. Okay? So, there's some alternative views that uh, I wanted to point out to you. That people have talked about this this episode that is in the book of Samuel. Some have suggested that the appearance of Samuel was only psychological. In the mind of Saul. However, the woman also saw Samuel, and Saul actually talked with Samuel. Some of the early church fathers held the view that a demon impersonated Samuel and appeared to Saul. Um, but the message in 1 Samuel 28, 16-19 would have, been, would have hardly come from a demon. Still others have concluded that the medium... Uh, was a fraud and tricked Saul into thinking that he saw Samuel. Yet the medium was surprised herself by Samuel's appearance, and that would not have been the case if it was a um, contrived trick. So, um, what I did is, um, I I did some research on what the traditional uh, Jewish uh, rabbinical view of of 1 Samuel uh, 28 and here, here's some of the things. Uh, the traditional rabbinical view is that these verses record a genuine appearance of Samuel that God himself brought about. And there's at least five arguments that are in favor of this view. Number one, and I, I've said this a couple times, the medium was surprised, indicating that something was happening that she was not expecting. The normal way that she would work as a medium Something actually happened and she was completely afraid and surprised by it. If she, if this was something that always occurred, there would have been no problem. Second of all, Saul identified the figure as Samuel and bowed down in respect for the prophet. It's unlikely that Saul, who, who knew Samuel so well, would have been easily tricked by an impersonation. Number three, the message that Samuel spoke was clearly from God. Number four, the biblical text itself says that the figure was Samuel. It's clear that the intent of the scripture is for the reader to understand that Samuel actually appeared to Saul and that this was God doing it, not the medium. And number five, a similar occurrence of one returning from the dead 
has occurred in another place in Scripture. The Transfiguration. We have both Elijah and Moses returning from the dead, basically, to be with Jesus on the mount. And so, um, it's happened before. Okay. So, um, from 1 Samuel 28, what are some of the takeaways that we can that we can look at and say, well, I would like to apply this to my life. What does this mean? Well, the first question that we need to ask ourselves is, what do we do when there's fear in our life? What, what do we do with fear? Uh, I don't know of anybody who doesn't at some time in their life, really on a daily basis, have fear. Well, I've got some verses for you. Psalm 56, 3 and 4. This is David, a psalm of David. He says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And then later on in Psalm 56, verses 10 and 11, it says almost the same thing. In God whose word I praise... In the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid what command do to me. Why is that important? Well, it just so happens that Psalm 56, if you look at the little notation at the top of Psalm 56, it says this, For the director of music to the tune of a dove on the distant oaks of David. When, when Philistines had seized him in Gath. This is why the first two verses of Psalm 128, which many people believe need to be in 1 Samuel 27, is so relevant because the very time that David is in with the Philistines, he's in fear. Just like Saul. Saul's in fear, but he's doing everything in his power because he's not hearing from God and he's he's actually sinning to go find out what's going to happen because he's such in fear. Well, David, at the same time, he's in fear, but yet he says, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in God and not be afraid. What can man do to me? So you have both sides, you have Saul, you have David, and you see one doing it the right way, and one doing it absolutely the wrong way. So, that's that's important for us to realize this. You know, uh, the Apostle John, in his, letter, his first letter, had something else to say about fear. He said, by this... Love is perfected. This is 1 John 4, 17 through 18, and, and 19. And I'm reading the New American Standard Version, which is a very literal version, so I thought I would just give this to you straight. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love 
we love because he first loved us. What do I mean by that? When, when we when we are challenged in our life with fear, we need to remember about love. We need to fear that God loves us and we love Him. We love Him because He first loved us. So when you are challenged by fear, you need to say, okay, what do I love? Okay, I love God. He's in control. I trust His ways. And and I don't know about you, but that, that goes a long way. I was talking with them a member of our church a few weeks ago and we were talking about fear and we, we were talking about what scares us and what's going on during this this pandemic and everything and he said you know one of the things that's interesting is I, I have fear of the unknown I, I don't know what to fear so I fear and, and, and that's so true and so a lot of times we don't know what's going to happen in the future Saul didn't know what was going to happen but he he would do anything to find out. You know, oftentimes we don't know what's going to happen. But we do know that someone's already there in the future. And that's the God of heaven and earth. Who sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. So that sin would not hamper us from a relationship with God the Father. And because of that relationship, we are no we are no longer enemies to God. God is on our side, and we need to trust Him. We need to trust Him with our futures, with our lives. So I've got some questions for you to talk about with your with your um, family, with your friends, considering First uh, Samuel twenty eight. Let's look at this. What do you fear right now? Is it a, a rational fear? Or is it an irrational fear? Is it fear of the unknown? What are you being challenged with in your life that you're fearing? It's a very personal question. But it's something you need to, to look at. Second of all, second question. What is fear doing in your life that is stopping you from what God wants you to do? Listen, there's so many times that I have talked with people in counseling sessions and say, you know what, I don't hear from God anymore. I feel like He's distant. And oftentimes, I will ask the question, what was the last thing He said to you? And did you do what He told you to do? And almost all the time it's well no I didn't do what he's the last thing he told me to do well then why would he tell you anything else you, you, you need to be you need to be living in obedience you need to be doing so what what is what is stopping you right now what fear is stopping you from doing what God has for you to do that's a very real question that you need to challenge yourself with so, third how can faith over fear? cause people to look at Christianity differently or anew listen we have a lot of people that are 
afraid of a lot of things right now. We, we have a lot of people being ruled by fear. As a Christian, I submit to you, you do not need to live that way. You need to not live in fear. Okay. So let me tell you, when it, when it comes to the coronavirus, let me tell you what I'm not telling you to do. Okay? I'm not telling you to just be crazy and, and run out and quit being staying at home and all of that stuff. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not. Okay? But what I, what I am telling you is that you need to start being different in the world and living a life outside of fear and in trust with God. I I want to use the example of like when you drive a car. Listen, this, let's, uh, there are some people that have a real fear of driving a car because they are afraid that they might hurt somebody else with that car. But you know what? They still drive a car. So, if you are, are scared of hurting somebody else with a car, yet you still need to use the car, what do you do? You drive the speed limit. You obey traffic laws. You stay in your lane. You don't drink and drive. You don't, because you want to minimize the risk of you being in a thousand thousand pound vehicle and hurting somebody else. Right? You... You do what's prudent. You do what's common sense. So, when it comes to this world with which we find ourselves in the last 30, 60, 90, 120 days, I'm not, I'm not telling you to be responsible, but what I am telling you is you need to challenge yourself to see what am I fearful of? And is God above that? Because He is. He absolutely is. I trust Him. What's going to happen in the future? I don't know. But I know He's there, and I trust Him. Will you pray with me? Father God, I, I just want to thank You. I want to thank You for this time. I want to thank You for these precious souls that are in cars in this parking lot. People that are at home. Uh, listening via Facebook or HeightsChristian.org hearing this on a podcast Lord, I'm grateful for all of them I pray that you will bless them Father God, as followers of you help us to not be afraid help us to trust you put our trust in you and not be afraid of what happens because you are with us always you have said Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. And Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for what he's done for us. I thank you that he is making all things new. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope you guys have a great day. It was wonderful doing communion with you. I want to thank you, Andy and Diane, for doing the music today. It's so good to see you guys. It really is. And to hear that banjo again. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. All right. Am I forgotten? Have I forgotten anything else, Jeremy? All right. Listen, guys, be safe out there. 
leaving the parking lot, don't get into an accident with cars. All right? Great. Otherwise, if you if you guys need anything, um, contact us here at the church. If any of you are having kind of any kind of financial difficulties because of this uh, coronavirus, or you've been sent home and have you, we do have a fund available that we'd be happy to to come alongside and help you as a member of Heights Christian Church. That's what we want to do. So, you guys have a great great day, and we'll talk to you later.